Episode 143, Are You Living a Lie? Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk sex, love, and commitment. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. And we're so happy to have you join us again this week. As always, if you want to get in touch with us about anything that we discuss here on the podcast, you can reach us anytime, day or night, or any time zone at 858-876-5663, or you can email us at info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Right. And that's anytime, you guys. Please reach out. Like we said last week, all emails, all messages to Facebook, voice messages, all are anonymous from this point forward. So please do not feel that you have to keep something inside in fear that your name is going to be said on the show. We are not going to do that from this point forward. We're not doing that. And the reason why is we know there's a lot of issues There's a lot of questions that are going on in your marriage and you need them answered. Mm -hmm. So let's answer them honestly, truthfully. Let's get this out there for you instead of you sitting on it, dwelling on it, wondering what you should do or shouldn't do and just not reaching out because the fear of your name may be said. All right. So we'll go on from that. And for all of you... (laughs) Sorry about last week's episode. Wow, that was a, a mess last week. Our, our feed, something happened to the extent of there was too much. There was too much space being taken up. And because of that, episode 142 wasn't coming into your feeds. Well, as I was trying to rectify the problem, I screwed it up even more. So if you go actually into iTunes right now, you'll only see one show as of tonight. This is Sunday night. Hopefully, hopefully all 142 plus this one, 143 will show up soon. If you are a subscriber to the show though, you will notice that all your shows are there. So if you subscribe, you should have them there. If you're not seeing them, unsubscribe, subscribe again. They should all show up. So if you sh- if you're sharing one extraordinary marriage podcast with anybody, just let them know. I, I don't know. I'll, I-, I did as much as I could and then just started praying. And at this point in time, that's all I can continue to do. <laughs> and um, I thank you all, though, for for letting us know what's happening and what you were seeing over that. In addition, I, I want to bring up some things from last week's show because we got some good stuff going on. We got an email in, and I will say this gal's name because I'm going to refer you to her website so you can check out what she wrote. Her name's Jessica, and she wrote in and and had a little concern on on the divorce rate data that we were giving you. Mm-hmm. And she wrote an, an amazing article, and I, I think you should go check it out, March 4th of this year called The 50% Divorce Rate is a Myth. I'll tell you why. And I'll have links in, in that in the show notes for you so you can go check it out and where she's getting her data and her stats from. I will say from our point of view, whatever those stats are, if you're in a blended family, Our hope and our goal is that you can take out some golden nuggets so you can continue to build and grow and put boundaries around your marriage. You know, stats are stats, and we all hear them from different places. They come from different ways. You know, we can mix them and we can make them work if we want them to or not. 
And it's not my or Elisa's intention to, you know, we find some of these, we see them, we read where we're getting them from. So we know that they're good sources. But I, again, I think Jessica wrote a, a great article here going why it's a myth. So again, I'll, I'll have some stats up on that. The reality though, is that, you know, any divorce <laughs> um, outside of those instances where it's abuse or, um, you know, some of the other things that we've talked about that would warrant divorce uh, becomes an issue for society. And so whatever that number is, um, you know, we, we want to see you guys have extraordinary marriages and, and, you know, save and make your marriage work. That's why we get behind these mics every week. Interestingly enough, we part of wrapping up this, um, this small group that we were doing this last week talked about, you know, what breaks your heart Mm. and you know, what moves you to action. And I want you guys to know that you are part of what breaks our heart. The, the plight of marriage around the world, couples in pain, couples going through issues that we faced or that we can relate to or that we can talk about. You are what motivates us to get behind these mics every week and to say, you know what? We're going to go try and make one more marriage extraordinary. Mm-hmm. We're going to go reach out and hope that the couple that needs to hear us this week, that he listens to the podcast or that she listens to the podcast or they have that conversation that they need to have. So I want you to know that you all are a blessing to us because you are the reason you are the reason that we are here talking to you today because we want to see mar- we want to see a marriage revolution here. We want to see, we want to see that divorce rate drop because couples are making the decision to hang in there and work through their struggles and make their marriages better. That's the reason we want to see the divorce rate drop. Not because, you know, statistics are being, you know, made to fit whoever's doing the reporting. Mm-hmm. And we want you guys to continue sharing one extraordinary marriage. I mean, the biggest gift that you can give to us is to tell your friends about it, to share something that we posted on Facebook. I mean, Tony put that picture up last week, um, the uh, grocery grocery kids kids out. And that thing, you guys made that thing go viral. Holy cow. I mean, it was, I don't even know how many shares you ended up with on that. It was a few hundred, I think. But that's the kind of stuff, that's the way that you guys can get the word out about what we're doing. You know, if we're close to you or if you want us to come speak, at your church, at your mom's group, let's talk. You've got a marriage retreat coming up. Let's impact the marriages in your community. You know, we're getting ready. We're gearing up now. We're doing um, a one-day workshop at Grace Church. Grace Community Church. Grace Community Church here in San Diego. Um, we can actually announce that. We've, we've had the conversations and we've outlined the day. That's going to be Saturday, February 2nd here in San Diego. So all of those of you that live in cold weather states that need a reason to leave in (laughs) February. And I I say this having grown up in one and lived in one when we lived in Washington state plan on coming to San Diego, being here February 2nd, join us. Um, the, the registration and all that stuff is going to go up in the next couple of weeks and we'll have the link to that on our website. But again, this is what motivates us. This is the reason that we go out there and we say, you know, we're going to talk to one more person. We're going to introduce ourselves and say, you know what? We talk about sex, love, and commitment because we want people to look at us with that one eyebrow thing and go, you do what? 
out loud, you talk about sex, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Because when we do it and you guys share it, there are marriages being saved all around this world because of your ability to share through social media, through calling up your girlfriends and saying, hey, you're not going to believe what this crazy couple talked about this week. But that's how we're creating a marriage revolution here. And you all are a part of it. And I just want to say thank you because it hit us every once in a while. We have those moments where it's like, oh, you know, affirmation for what we're doing and why we're doing it. And tonight having the conversation with our small group on what breaks our heart and what motivates us. It was you guys. And so I just wanted to share that with you and, and want to jump into. Hold on. I still want to talk about last week's show. Oh, go ahead. Because we got one more thing. I was all excited. Yes, you were all excited. And that's cool. <laughs> When we spoke last week and we talked about blended families, you guys know that Elise and I do not come from one. We have not been a part of one. And so we come from marriage educators and sharing what we believe you need to do. Today, fortunately, we got an amazing comment. And you guys need to check this out from Gloria Lintermans. I'm going to just read her first paragraph because she brings a ton, a ton of expertise to this as a step and biological mom and the author of a book on step families, which includes not only my own experience, but research with step family authorities and other step families. I am aware all too often of the high rate of divorce among these families. And then she goes on and I'm not telling, I'm not kidding you guys. You guys got to read this thing. She just, she laid it out there. And so if you're in a blended family or a step family, as she says, and she separates what the differences of those two, she just, she lays it out there. I have not read her book. We have not read her book. I'm just saying what she put out on the comments is worthy of reading. And then you can go check out her book. I can have, I'm not even going to put it. If you want to go search her out, go search her out. You know, don't know her personally, but I just, I really liked her comment and the way she was really just putting some really good information out there for you guys. So with that, let's get into this week's So, um, we received an email earlier this week and I, am going to just paraphrase it, um, and just kind of hit on some of the highlights because it's, it's a deeply personal, um, and long. Yeah. And you know, we reserve the right to condense on our show. Um, but the gist of it was that here was somebody who had during her engagement committed adultery, um, and, was trying to decide what to do. Should she or should she not tell her fiance? And she's wrestling with a lot of different things Mm -hmm. with this. Um, There are still feelings for the other man. Um, There is a very real sense of fear of what's going to happen or what would happen if she told her fiance. Um, there are, there are all kinds of mixed emotions going on right now. And she is very conflicted. Um, on what to do, on what to do and how to proceed. And it was one of those things. And, and you guys have heard us talk about it that started, you know, seemingly very innocently. You know, this was somebody that she'd been friends with in the past. Um, they reconnected, thought, you know, no big deal. We'll just go, you know, grab ice cream. And one thing led to another. 
And, you know, it's the slippery slope that we talk about with Facebook or with texting, you know, exes or, or that type of thing when you're involved with somebody else. And, and an emotional, and we've talked about this in uh, one of our episodes called The Grass Isn't Always Greener, mm-hmm. talking about an emotional affair that begins, you know, and it can go, it can, emotional affairs do happen a lot, but this is just that next step. And this started as an emotional affair. Correct. Needs needs were not being met um, on both sides mm-hmm. of this equation, and and it escalated from an emotional affair to a physical one, and and now there's this looming wedding. And mm-hmm. so the question was posed to us: What do I do? And I know some of you listening are going to disagree, but I'm going to tell you what I told her, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, I told her that she needs to tell him the truth and she needs to do it before she says I do and accepts his promise of, you know, until death do us part. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I told her that folks is because she's living a lie right now. She has feelings for another man that will cause her to be in constant conflict with how to love her intended husband. She cannot at this point in time, um, you know, live daily without thoughts of this other man. How can you enter into a relationship with someone? How can you enter into a marriage with someone who is supposed to be your one and only when you're thinking about somebody else? You know, yes. Is it going to hurt him? Absolutely. And if he call, and I told her, I said, he may very well call off the marriage. It would be within his, his rights to do so, as painful as that would be. But he's entering into a marriage thinking that she only loves him. And that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Because she has allowed herself to become emotionally attached to someone else. And I'm going to challenge those of you out there that have, you know, been in this situation at some point in time during your marriage where maybe, maybe things crossed the line with somebody else. Maybe there was an emotional affair. And, and some of you are thinking, there is no way on God's green earth that I would ever tell my spouse what happened. And I'm going to take you guys back. I can't remember what episode it was, but there were two episodes where we talked about Tony having to come clean to me. Mm-hmm. The first was episode seven when we talked about Tony's pornography addiction. And, and that was one where, you know, I had known pornography was an issue in our marriage. I had no idea how much it had overtaken our marriage. No idea. But when you listen to episode seven, you hear the anguish in Tony and, and the very real fact that where we were in our marriage, that could have gone, that could have gone either way. If that addiction had been, if he had not been able to overcome that addiction, I don't know that we'd be sitting here behind the mics with you today. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that we would have survived that if it had continued for all of these years. Mm -hmm. The second time that we had to face this in our marriage was when it was actually after we had started one. Mm-hmm. And I will never forget this day. We were sitting in our kitchen, almost like we do when we podcast to you guys. And 
we had just gotten off the phone with our coach, our business coach at the time. And, you know, we were talking about, we were just kind of at a tough point. We were writing the book and things just weren't flowing. And Tony's sitting there, you know, where he always sits, kind of in his seat at the table. And he says, I need to tell you something. And that's just, you know, of course, your heart starts beating and, you know, you start getting all sweaty, like, okay, what's what's the next thing that's coming out of his mouth? And I'm going to interject here, too. At this point in time, we had been married 12 years. Uh-huh. So this isn't like, hey, we've been married a couple of years and, you know, time has passed and whatever. We'd been married 12 years at this point in time when this conversation happened. 12 years and we had started one extraordinary marriage. Right. We had, we had been, you know, we'd, had we started, we must've started the podcast. Uh, we may have started. I can't recall. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure what the timing was on that. Cause I can't remember like when it was, but I just remember the conversation, but we were definitely in the middle of writing the book. We had, you know, we'd already talked at one conference, you know, things were starting to, to build for this. Mm-hmm. And he sits down across the table and says, I have to tell you, um, about things that would happen when I would go on my business trips when I worked, you know, for this previous dent company and they would send me to the East coast. And I'm just thinking nothing good is going to come after that sentence. Mm-hmm. Just it, this is, this is going to go downhill fast. And my husband sat across the table from me and proceeded to tell me that he pushed the limits on his faithfulness to our marriage to the point where he would go to bars and see just how far he could go without crossing that sexual line. Mm. And I want to tell you, I felt like I had been punched in the gut. And I've shared this before on the podcast. Um, some of you that are new listeners will be listening to this for the first time. Um, I, I put screeching brakes on everything. I'm like, I'm, I'm not working on the book. I'm, you know, halt, time out. And of course, that's the time in the morning when I have to go pick up my daughter from preschool. Like, boom, gotta go, gotta go put on the happy mommy face because, you know, that's the world that we live in. And um, that's another one of those times. And those of you that have lived this out in your marriage, that's another one of those times where the truth, the truth hurts badly. Oh, oh, yeah. Badly. But I will tell you, I prayed that entire way and it's all of a mile and a half to the kids preschool and back. I'm like, God, take this anger away from me because I... I I was thinking that this is it. I I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, he's telling me that he had been, and granted this happened like eight years prior, eight or nine years prior from, you know, 12. Yeah. It was probably like two or three years into our marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he had been living with this lie, this deceit in our marriage for almost a decade, almost a decade. And that's going to undermine your marriage folks. I don't, oh, sure I don't care does. how good a liar you are. Keeping that kind of stuff, keeping that kind of deceit, you're still a liar. Yeah, and, and I'm going to pipe in here just from the person who did that and was living that. And, and for those of you who maybe you, you haven't done that, but maybe there are things that are, that are just gnawing on you, that are just gnawing on your life that you want to get off your chest you know, 
that you know you should be telling your spouse, but you keep hiding it and you just keep pushing it down and pushing it down and, and hoping and praying that it'll just go away, but it never does. The reason why it never does is because God doesn't want you to lie to your spouse. That's why. That's why after eight, nine years having done this, it was still on the top of my mind. Because even as much as I tried to just hide it and put it away and not think about it, it wouldn't. Because it would there would be times that it would just flood my mind. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, it just comes back in the what ifs. And if she finds out from so-and-so or if someone were to come back and tell her this, those are thoughts that go through your mind because they're going through mine. And, you know, as scary as those, as that moment was, and both of those moments were, you know what? I wasn't, I wasn't being truthful. You know, I was living this, oh, everything's great, but it really wasn't. And I wanted more out of my marriage too. I was willing to let go of all this deceit and this darkness. And so that Elisa and I could sit together, we could work through this time and so that we could grow our marriage. That honestly, is where I was coming from. And I knew that if we could come together and talk like two adults that were in love with each other, we would be able to move past this. And really, I give this all to Elisa. I did the wrong. All I could ask for at that point in time was her forgiveness and her willingness to work with me and stay here and continue to be my wife so that we could be one on a whole new level. And for those of you who've been listening for a long time or the 142 episodes before this, you know how much we've grown. You know how much we are just so madly in love with each other. You know the sexual intimacy we have is better now than it ever has been. And the reason why is because we bear all. We bear it all. We lit it out. And yes, those times hurt. They suck, to be frank and honest with you. There are tears that are shed There are conversations you do not want to have, but you look back and you look at what's happened because we both have been committed to it. We both have been committed to this marriage. And so for those of you who are, who are sitting there and you're going, my goodness, uh, this has happened. This is a, a one little thing that just continues to nag and gnaw on my brain. And it's stopping me truthfully from just allowing one Jesus to just clean, clean me, cleanse me. That's one, man. Just letting it go. Letting him shine his light upon you. But two, by telling your spouse, 
you're, you're taking off that huge mask. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this mask is like concrete. It's like every time it goes on, your face is flat on the floor because it's so dang heavy. It's such a burden that it just weighs you down. You know, and by taking that off, you, you allow you and your spouse to work together through this. And yeah, expect that there's going to be some anger. Expect that there's going to be a lot of questions are going to be asked of you. Expect that there are going to be tears. Is that worth it? Is that worth it so you can have the intimacies you desire? That emotional intimacy is, you know, is this holding you back from, you know, allowing yourself to really connect emotionally with your spouse? And sexually, spiritually, financially? And if so, that's a question you got to ask yourself and answer. And if so, then it's time to come clean. It's time to open up, you know, and say, I've done a wrong. And I need you to know that. And by all means, have your spouse listen to this show mm-hmm. before you go into it. Because my, our, our thing is, is we know all that is going to happen. You know, the crying and the questions. We understand all of that. But in the end, what is going to, what we want for the both of you to be able to do is go, it's happened. How do we move forward? Absolutely. And it's not microwave. It's not a microwave. Hey, it's going to, it's going to be over in 30 seconds or a minute and we're going to just move on and boom, boom, boom. Let's forget about it. You're going to have to spend some time in there Mm -hmm. together, working through it, answering those questions. I mean, I remember Elisa going, why would you even do that? You know, and I have to rack my brain because again, it happened eight, nine years previous and I had to be honest with her. Why was I doing that back then? What what was leading me to do that? And I had to dig deep into my memory bank, which is a very short memory bank as it is. But I had to really dig deep and I had to divulge that information to her. I couldn't hold back at that point in time. I had to let her know why I was doing that. And that taught us a lot. That really showed us at that point in time in our marriage, why it was happening. Why? Well, because priorities were totally askew. You know, it's something we've talked about so many times, you know, with priorities. Mm -hmm. How are you prioritizing your marriage? You know, are you scheduling time together? Quality time together. Not, you know, Elisa and I spend time together, sure, sometimes during the week when we're working on stuff, and we're behind two laptops talking and typing to us. That's time together. It's not quality time together. Mm -hmm. You know? So if you're sitting on your phone and your spouse is sitting on the iPad and you're watching TV, that's not quality time together. So you got to think about things of that nature. And you also got to think about how much time you're investing in the lie. How much time, Are you looking over your shoulder? How much time and emotion is invested in keeping things under wraps? That wears on you, folks. Mm, Yeah. It does. Keeping secrets, living lies, it's exhausting. 
you know, you are looking over your shoulder. You're trying to figure out who's talking to who, who might know what. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's one of the things I told this individual that had written to us. I said, you don't know who else knows this. Is it better that it comes from you or is it better that somebody else might accidentally say something to the wrong person and it gets back to him? Living a life of lies is living a life where you're constantly looking over your shoulder and you can't move ahead and you can't make your marriage extraordinary. If you're looking back over your shoulder into the past, making sure all of your lies are covered up, you can't do it. It's not fair to you. And it's definitely not fair to your spouse because they deserve to have all of you all in. We all make mistakes. I mean, this could be these secrets that you're keeping could be things as simple as my spouse doesn't know I smoke. You know, I'm hiding the butt, you know, like case in point, my grandparents, everybody kind of knew my grandfather smoked, but he would, he would lie. Oh no, I'm just, I'm, I'm taking out the garbage. Seriously. Then why do you come back smelling like cigarettes? You know, but that was his thing. And you know, and then of course my grandmother would get angry. Yeah, and so you just have this like back and forth and it's like, just tell everybody that, you know, we don't want you to smoke, but if that's what you're doing, then just say so. You know, it could be financial secrets that you're keeping from your spouse. You know, where you're spending money that you don't have. And yes, that's going, you know, literally the shit will hit the fan. Mm-hmm. It will. I, those of you that need a podcast on, uh, you know, overspending, especially with the holidays coming, um, there's a January podcast from last year. Last year. Last year, where I overspent um, the Christmas before. And yeah. It, it hit the fan in spades um, because we had to cut way, way back on our expenses um, to make up for my overspending. Not good. I kept it a secret for, you know, four weeks. And then guess what? It all came out. Mm-hmm. Did I sweat it during that month of December? You better believe it. Did it come back to bite me because I wasn't honest with him? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's those of you that are keeping credit cards your spouse doesn't know about, or you're making those big purchases, or you're playing the credit card game. You know, it's those friendships that you have with somebody at work of the opposite, you know, somebody of the opposite sex at work that, well, you know, we just have lunch together. Or we're. Which is an interesting one, because I want to bring that one up too. And it's interesting because Elisa and I were racking our brains. But there came one point in our marriage when we were living in. Riverside County, like the Redlands area. Mm-hmm. I mean, for many of you who don't live around here. But anyways. <laughs> Just Red- imagine that you know what we're talking about. Yeah. And we were both working. Oh, Elisa was work- working in Orange County. And I was working in LA County mm-hmm. at that time. So we would get up super early in the morning. I mean, we'd get up like at three thirty, four o'clock in yeah. the morning. And we would drive. I would drive her, drop her off at her place. And then I'd go on. But during this time, and I mean, interesting I don't know how much she told me about it or I just wasn't paying attention, but she would go and have lunch with the guy from the office every day. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much, how much, how many times did you tell me? Did you tell me about that? I'm sure I did. I mean, it was like part, part of the situation was I was working for a company, um, a leasing company where the sales staff, I was a member of the sales staff and the sales staff was probably 99% male. There was like two other women sales uh, salespeople, and then all of our administrative staff was women. So it was a very heavily dominant, male-dominated 
work environment. Mm-hmm. And so pretty much the only people I had lunch with were guys. But it became one of those things where I was having lunch with like the same guy. Right. Day in and day out. And, and I'm, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure I mentioned it. It wasn't really one of those, you know, like, I, I don't know. I mean, that was, hmm, 10 years ago. No, that would have probably been like. 98, no, like early. That was like 97, 98. Yeah. Yeah, so like 14 years ago. So, you know, I did I mention it? I, I don't know if I did or not. I know in retrospect, that was just a very borderline, th- that, that could have gone in a bad way very quickly. Yeah. And so, you know, we've had conversations with people that work in, you know, male or female dominated industries. And I'm not saying that you can't be friends at work with members of the opposite sex. I'm saying put boundaries around what you're sharing and how much time you're spending with a particular individual. Right. So let's get back to to this okay. topic. And you're the one on there. I know. Okay. But I'm just saying that there's, there's another instance in our, no, I'm oh, just yeah. saying that's just another instance in our marriage where here's something that happened, but it really wasn't divulged during mm-hmm. that time period. You're right. Yeah. Okay. So there we go. You know, just opening up mm-hmm. from my, from my standpoint, I'm going to just say what, what I remember from the, my standpoint when this whole thing sort of came out was just like, did anything more happen? You know, did anything more happen? And, and luckily Elisa said, like she said, she didn't, she never crossed that line. Um, thankfully, but those things will weigh on you over time. They just do. Mm -hmm. And we, we did uh, a podcast recently called authentically you living from the inside out. And I'm, I'm telling you my life now is all about my integrity. And I think Lisa would agree with, with this and hers as well. It's about our integrity because mm-hmm. that's all we have. You can take everything. You can strip us away of everything else we own, but our integrity means everything. And that also if we're living authentically from the inside out, that goes from the workplace to the home, to church, to everywhere and anywhere you are. And so I know for myself personally that if I'm going to live this life, that means I got to live it here at home first and foremost, you know? And then that way, when I go into the workplace, and I know there are going to be some tough decisions that I'm going to have to make at times. I'm going to stand and I'm going to go, this is my integrity. This is what I believe. And yeah, I may lose work for it. Or I may gain work for it. I may, you know, I, I may not see eye to eye with a, a specific person or I may see eye, eye to a specific person, but they know where I stand. Mm-hmm. And to me, that means a ton here in this house. It means a ton. It means a lot to Elisa. It means a lot to my kids because they know I'm shooting them straight no matter what I'm telling them. You know, it's taken me years to understand this. It's taken me years to live it. But it's so worth it because like this gal was writing in and I mean, they're engaged. Can you imagine... And I'm going to speak to you going into this marriage, this burden being on your head, 
on top of you, you know, and then you bring it up, what, three, four years, five years from now, because you can't live with it anymore. Let's get it out there now. Get it out there now. Let, let, hopefully the two of you can work through it. If not, he has every right to, to turn away and go, no, I'm, I, I'm, I'm upset. I'm frustrated. And, and I don't want to move forward. It's, it's a, it's a consequence of choice. And we all have our choices and we all have our choices. And it's one of those things where, um, sometimes our lies and our deceits start because, you know, we want to live our own lives. We want to, um, we want to have freedom. We want to, we want to be selfish and, and we want to, you know, we're living in the now and we're living for ourselves and, you know, I'm just, I'm going to do what I want to do. I mean, think of like a three-year-old mine, my way, my mind, mine, mine. That's what I want. I want it my way. Um, and sometimes as adults, we have, you know, one of those mental lapses where, where we get into that same mindset and we engage in a behavior that puts us right back to being a three-year-old with saying, I want it my way and I want to do it. Um, I want to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And every time we find ourselves in that position, the reality is, is that there will be consequences to that. There are consequences to you hiding your smoking from your spouse. There are consequences to you hiding your drinking from your spouse. There are consequences to you hiding pornography or any type of other addiction from your spouse. There are consequences to you hiding an affair to your spouse. There are consequences to you hiding financial troubles from your spouse. Every time you choose to act in a selfish way in your marriage, there are consequences to your spouse, to yourself and to your marriage. And the best thing that you can do is to break that chain at some point in time, you're going to have to grow up and say, I'm an adult. I need to face my decisions. I need to face the consequences and deal with them. Maybe I don't want to, and it would really be comfortable. You know, I think it's better if I just kind of live in this little bubble, the bubble will burst one day. I can promise you that your lies will come out. None of us live in a vacuum where our decisions don't impact others, where, you know, nobody, absolutely nobody knows what we've done. That would be wonderful. It's not reality. Hmm. And if there's one thing that you've learned from listening to us for any period of time, you know that we speak the truth and we speak reality. And the reality is you need to break the cycle of lying. You need to shed light on these areas of your life that are causing you all of this stress and this pain, you need to face the music and you need to make a decision with your spouse that you are going to work through these issues. You know, we all make mistakes. You've heard us share our fair share on this podcast. You know, we've had addiction in our past. We've had financial issues. We've made stupid mistakes with and for each other. You know, sometimes we just screw up royally. 
Mm-hmm. But you know what? We made a decision a long time ago that that wasn't, you know, that we weren't going to just walk away when things got tough. And I pray that all of you have had that conversation with your spouses, that divorce is not an option. Because when you know divorce is not an option, it does not give you free reign to go and do stupid every time you want to. It gives you the ability to sit down and be honest with your spouse because you're not worried about what they're going to do. Uh And we want you guys to have extraordinary marriages. I can tell you that my marriage is extraordinary because we don't have secrets. Because I'm not, you know, waiting for a credit card bill to show up and being like, Tony, what the heck did you go spend money on? Or, or, you know, somebody to call up and say, hey, I saw Tony at the bar last night. And da, da, da. Uh, you know, if somebody ever called me up, I would probably laugh because I'd be like, seriously, I know exactly where he was. La-. You know, that type of thing. Like, don't, don't even try because there's no truth to it. Mm-hmm. Because I know my husband. And I know that he's been tempted in the past. But I also know that he is at a point in time in his life where, like he said, his integrity is the most important thing that he has. And so I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if something comes up in his life, that he's going to tell me about it. I know because it's happened. I know because he honors me enough that if I say I don't feel comfortable with you hanging out with someone, male or female, that he's going to honor that and, you know, make sure that that situation does not occur. Mm -hmm. Because he values me so much that he knows I'm not, you know, flying off the, you know, flying off crazy going, I don't want you hanging out with anybody. It's like, no, every once in a while your intuition goes off and you're like, this is not going to be a good thing. And because I don't cry wolf, he listens. Yeah. You know, but you've, you've got to create, and we talk about this so much, and I'm going to continue to talk about it until forever. You've got to create your marriage as a safe place where the truth can be spoken, the masks can come off, and you love each other more because you're trusted to love each other more. You have to create that from the very first day. You have to create that. You have to create it because it is so vitally important to your well-being and to that of your marriage. You have to be this place. Mm -hmm. You have to be the one place on earth that your spouse can totally and 100% be themselves. And when you do that, there won't be a need for lies because your spouse is going to know, you know what? This person loves me no matter what. Why on earth would I jeopardize that? Because when you are loved like that, you're not going to do anything or put yourself in situations where you would risk that. So there's no need for lying, for living deceitfully when you know that you are loved for who you are. And when you are loved for who you are, you will not engage in behaviors that would jeopardize. Right. Yeah. 
Wow. Heavy, big, you know, here, here's my big thing, folks. We can all change. We can all change. I used to be a person that was, gosh, I, it was hard for me to look at myself in the mirror sometimes, honestly and truthfully. You know, the deceit, the lies, the, you know, the overtures of my greatness or, you know, sort of brushing things under the rug, trying to really just make them seem like they're not that big of a deal when they really were big deals. I lived that for many years. And so when I, when I talk about this or when I talk to folks who are struggling with this, honestly, we can all change. But here's the thing. It's going to take some time. Don't beat yourselves up. You know, I can look back now, three, four years and go, those were some choices that I made that have been all for the better. And I can get up every morning and I can go to bed every night and not have to think of anything else and lay my head to rest and go, that's it. And there are days too, you know, when things come up that man, I struggle with, you know, like, do I really need to tell Lisa about that? Really? It's not that big of a deal, but should I? And you know what? I just let her know. Hey, hun, this is what's happened. I need you to know about this. And yeah, it still doesn't feel good. And yeah, sometimes I'm still just sort of like, man, I, I just don't want to deal with that. <laughs> and we just, we continue to walk. And so I know for myself, again, a person that, was very deceitful and would lie and, and would hide things under the rug. You can change. You can make a change. And, and we're here to help you. So if you have any questions, if you're struggling yourself, you can always email us at info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com or you can message us straight right there on Facebook. If you're using your phone and you're searching us on Facebook and you're on facebook.com slash oneextraordinarymarriage, you can hit that little call button and that will go directly to us. Leave a voicemail. And also, if you want to call us directly, that's 858-876-5663. You guys, thank you so much for supporting us, for loving us, for continuing to just dive into your marriages, mm -hmm. wanting to make a change, and taking action so that you can have the extraordinary marriage you want so you can have the sex, the love and the commitment you want. It all takes action. It all takes us taking a step forward. And for that, we love you guys and have yourselves a great week. <laughs>